Brick Moon Fiction presents Things to Consider by Kelsey N. Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle. Fight fear as long as you are waking. Be vigilant, even though danger comes near. Despair is the name of the road which leads to death. Six heroes set out. Only one would return. The skimmer came in fast and low, barely clearing the warm Antarctic waters. In the distance, dark clouds were already forming, but not from any storm. Inside, only the hum of the engine broke the silence. None of the team were interested in conversation, their minds on the job ahead. It was only a half-hour flight from Alexander City to Churchill Enclave, but it felt much longer. Ten minutes from arrival, Captain Lang stood from the pilot's chair. She only sat there by convention in the first place, the craft being computer-controlled. She turned to face her team, face as serious as it always was on a mission. Off-duty, she joked and played as well as any of them, but on? All business. One reason she commanded her team's respect. I'm sure you're all up to date on the mission specs, but I'll review the basics, she said. Last night we got hit with a major solar flare. They say it's one of the biggest on record. As expected, it did a number on unprotected systems, and a lot of communications got thrown for a loop. Most of it's still not back online. Our bad luck that it hit in the middle of our summer. The northern settlements got off much easier, but that was the least of our worries. She called up a screen with an aerial view of the continent. The map was peppered with red dots, many clustered near their destination. At seven this morning, satellites rained down on the continent, presumably knocked down by the flare. The exact cause is unknown, and damage elsewhere has been relatively minimal, but Churchill was unfortunate enough to take several direct hits. We have been unable to establish contact with the Enclave. What we do know is that several fires are running out of control, and we need to get in there and establish a forward base. Once accomplished, fire and evacuation crews can safely get to work. Ihara, have you been able to pick up anything? The communications expert sitting in front lifted his head from his gear. Nothing conclusive, Captain. There's strong interference like I've never seen before, but some data's getting through. It doesn't look good. What can you give me? He shook his head. All I know is there's widespread panic. Riots for sure, likely due to the fires and lack of clear communication. Looting is likely, but I can't give you anything more definite than that. Very well, she said. You'll need to get out there and try to get the comm systems online, or failing that, set up your own. For the safety of the team, we'll be setting down in an unpopulated part of the Enclave to avoid the riots. It's a warehouse district, but close enough to the action, so we need to keep an eye out for looters. Naidu, that's your department. Set up a perimeter, alarms and non-lethal automated defenses. Take Ebner with you. She won't have much to do until the base camp is online anyway. Aye, Captain, both of them replied in unison. Captain Lang nodded, then moved on. Debohan, you're going to be doing some walking. We need the area assessed for damage from the fires. Make sure there aren't any immediate threats from hotspots and verify structural integrity around the base. I know it's probably too much to hope for, but if you can get the general fire control systems running, it'll be a big help. Think you can manage on your own? He laughed in response. Not my first rodeo, Captain. I'll get the job done. No worries. She turned back to the controls, seeing that the base was in visual range. Plumes of smoke were visible everywhere, and in some places flames were visible even at a distance. It seemed incredible that space junk could cause all that. Final approach, people. We've got a job to do. If you must subdue a beast, try to do so without fighting. 
They are stronger and faster than you are, and will make a meal out of you. Befriend it instead. When it trusts you completely, strike. The first one took poison and died all alone. Kolwa Naidu, security specialist, placed a small disc on the wall, about knee level, and gave it a twist. A small amber light flashed twice on its surface in response. Zee waited a few moments, then waved a hand in front of it. A chirp on her hip came in reply. Nodding in satisfaction, Zee turned and walked a few steps down the hallway. That should take care of this approach, Zee said, holding a hand out. Zer assistant for the moment, Leah Ebner, retrieved a canister from her pack and passed it over. Once I set up this remote knockout mine, we can move on. Leah smiled and leaned against the wall, watching Zer work. I'm glad that the research teams finally miniaturized this stuff. The sensors were fine, but having to haul those big gas canisters was hell. Don't even joke about it, Zee said with a grimace. My back still hurts, and it's been a few years since we got the new gear. Good thing, since we have to set it up more often. There's a lot of unrest. Kolwa adjusted the settings on the unit and stood up, dusting herself off. Overcrowding will do that, but we can't exactly turn people away. I suppose not. I'm worried something big will happen that we can't handle. Riots, outbreaks, maybe worse. We've been okay, so... Ugh. Kolwa gave a grunt and stumbled slightly. Leah stepped forward and caught his arm, although he was already straightening up. Hey, you okay? Yeah, Zee said. Price to pay for last night, I guess. I shouldn't have taken you drinking again, said Leah. Chalk it up to bad timing. Zee waved her hand, making a show of standing up straight. Don't worry about it. You couldn't have known we'd get the call. Come on, the sooner we get this done, the sooner I can take a break. Leah trailed a little behind as they walked, watching as Colwa's gait grew erratic. Eventually, Zee stopped, and so did Leah, some steps away. As he leaned against the wall, it was clear that Z was in pain. Exactly what I said. If someone wanted us dead, how would you respond? What do you mean? Just what I said. If someone wanted us dead, how would you respond? Z winced again, but their eyes were serious. I'm trained to deal with any and all threats. Non-lethal means if possible, like those mines. Otherwise, Z patted their sidearm. That's what this is for. Leah nodded reassuring. But what if it was someone you know, someone you trust? Could you still pull the trigger? Even if it was the captain herself? Leah relaxed. Thanks, Koa. In that case, I'm glad we went out drinking last night. What do you mean? Z asked, puzzled. Did you know? Leah asked. I actually drink very little. Hardly at all, in fact. I can nurse a glass for hours, but make it look like I'm pounding them back. It's a useful skill. I've had plenty of practice, thanks to you. Leah, what are you suggesting? Zee grunted again, sliding down the wall. With an effort, Zee managed to push herself back up. She moved to stand face to face with Kolwa. I'm surprised a sharp person like you didn't catch on quicker. But that's how it is with friends. You don't pay attention to how much they pour for themselves. Or for you. She smiled, making contact. Or what they're pouring. A shiver went through Kolwa. Zee fumbled for her sidearm with shaking hands. Despite the unsteadiness, Zee brought the weapon to bear. This isn't the hangover. What did you give me? Tell me, Leah. She put her hands up. Too late for that now. 
What matters is that it's lethal. She tapped the side of her suit's visor. In fact, I'm impressed at how accurate the time release is. It'll all be over soon. I trusted you. Zee shuddered and slipped down the wall, gun wavering but still aimed vaguely at Leah. But how... You'd need to know about the call. It couldn't have... Cole collapsed to the floor, gun falling out of her grasp. Leah calmly retrieved it. Sleep, my warrior, she said. I'll send the others to join you soon. She turned and walked away. Mere minutes later, Kowa was gone. Every meeting lays the seeds for a parting. Relationships are not monuments of stone, but rather flowers which grow, blossom, and then wither in time. Therein lies beauty. The second, distracted, laid low with a gun. Leah was surprised to find the triage center almost complete when she returned. She gave a low whistle, looking around at the monitor stations and equipment, ready for use. You've been busy. Did Captain Wendy lend you a hand? Natasha Vargas's laugh came from behind a nearby screen before the woman herself came out to give Leah a hug. Nothing of the sort. Cap's got enough to keep her busy. I'm used to doing the heavy lifting by myself. She gave her arm an exaggerated flex, which made Leah laugh. But what are you doing back so soon? I was expecting you guys to be gone quite a bit longer. Leah waved her hand. Cole was feeling energetic today, so he sent me back to help. Must have gotten a good night's sleep. Glad to hear things are going well, said Natasha. Honestly, after the captain's briefing, I was expecting setup to be more of a challenge. But no sense borrowing trouble. Once it gets busy, we'll all be run off our feet. That's the truth. Need a hand? Natasha chuckled. I wouldn't say no. Tell you what, I'll set you to work on the gurneys. There's some monitoring equipment I need to get straightened out, so I'll be busy a while longer. Be careful, some of the gear's pretty fiddly. Wouldn't want you to break a nail. Ha ha, Leah said, peering into a crate. I guess we should be grateful for the quiet. Not much of that to go around these days. With all the calls, you mean? Natasha didn't look up. She could get surprisingly focused when working on something, so Leah knew not to expect eye contact or anything. There's that, she said. But, I mean, it's getting crowded, what with all the refugees these days. You're a refugee too, Natasha said. Leah sighed. I didn't mean it like that. I know everyone on the team, hell, most of Antarctica, have been running from the heat most of our lives. I'm worried that we're taking in more than we can support. I try not to think about that too much. But we're better off than they are up north. At least we've got a big landmass to put people on. The Arctic refugees have to cling to what islands they can find and hope the megastorms don't knock them off. Remember what happened to New Alert Base? They were both quiet for a while. Nobody wanted to remember that disaster, knowing how easily it could happen again. Eventually, Leah spoke up. Say, how's transition coming along? I haven't talked to you about it for a while. Oh, Natasha said, brightening. Everything is great. I feel so much better about myself. And my hormone levels have stabilized. You don't know how grateful I am for getting on this team. I doubt someone like me would have qualified for treatment otherwise. Not to mention having someone experienced to guide me through transitioning on the job. It's not like I did anything that important, Leah said. You had it in you already. Skill, personality, drive. All I did was give you some advice. Don't minimize it, said Natasha. In a way, you saved my life. I don't know where I'd be today without your help. I owe you a debt. 
You don't owe me a damn thing. You want to pay someone back? Keep on saving lives. That's all I need from you. She busied herself with work for a while, looking over her shoulder occasionally. Her partner didn't seem to notice until she burst out, cursing. This stupid thing. Hey, Natasha, come over here and show me how I screwed up this time. She appeared over Leah's shoulder. Oh, dear, I told you this stuff is finicky. A lot of the mechanical stuff has been put together and taken apart too many times lately. Leah shrugged. This unit's pretty much had it, and it's hard to get replacements with so much of the manufacturing lost on the continents. I can make do, she said. Let me in there. It's a bit complicated to set this right. Leah stood back, letting her friend take over. Since we're alone, there's something I want to say. Between the two of us. Hmm? Natasha said, focused on her task. What's that, then? I'm glad you were finally able to be true to yourself. She reached into her suit and retrieved Colwa's pistol, taking aim at the back of Natasha's head. Do not fear monsters. They appear frightful, but their claws only reach your flesh. A false friend may put something much deeper in peril. If you do not see this truth, there can be no defense. The third led astray, with nowhere to run. Ihara Haruto sighed, resisting the temptation to slam the panel shut. Not that it would help. But then, neither did any attempt to track down the fault in the Enclave's communication systems. Three times he ran tests, and three times the same result. No abnormalities. Kneeling, he fished a unit out of his pack and placed it next to the panel. On a whim, he ran the same checks. All green. The only difference was this one worked. As he stowed his gear, an alarm chirped. He tapped the side of his helmet. Ihara! Haruto! came a familiar voice. Just checking up since you've been so quiet. You're not taking a nap somewhere, are you? I'm working, he said. Unlike you, apparently. Why are you calling instead of the captain? Leah laughed. I got delegated. Supply officer can't be idle while you guys are busy. So what's the situation? Frustrating, that's the situation, Haruto said. I've checked every panel in the area, and I can't find a single thing wrong with them. And none of them work. My point-to-point -point units are fine, but anything outside that gives me that same weird interference I picked up on the skimmer. None of it makes sense. But you're getting a local network in place, at least? He hoisted his pack and set out for the next station. No problems there. Once backup lands, they can count on that much. But if I can't track this down, it'll make their job harder. They're pros, said Leah. They can handle it. But maybe you're tackling this from the wrong end. Instead of the panels, why not head for the sector communications hub and attack the problem at the root? Haruto called up an overlay on his visor. It's not a bad thought, and one I've considered. But isn't that near one a high-risk zone? I'm not sure if there's a safe route. Well, that's where I come in, Leah replied. Noah and Captain Wendy were consulting about that, and they put together some assessments of the area. Give me a second, I'll send the data. A new map appeared on the visor, which laid out a path to his destination. He cleared the HUD, leaving a glowing arrow on the floor in front of him as a guide. Thanks, Leah. I can always count on you. She laughed. Not always. Remember the time I got us lost? I remember that we would have missed that backstreet market if you didn't misread the map. Best mistake you ever made. He followed the arrow into a new area. I took some great shots that day. Happy to help, Leah said. My photos were good, too, although sometimes I want to get a streetscape that's not so packed. Even if I went at 3 a.m., I'd never get the chance. That's true, he said, letting the arrow guide him. 
I'm into casual shots, and it's hard to get a shot of one person alone. Hard to get a smile out of people, too, come to that. There's not much to smile about these days. You hear they've started rationing? Emergency services get priority treatment, so we're okay, but those little markets will be gone soon. Not enough goods. That's a shame. He pushed open the next door and found the passageway full of smoke. Nothing his breathing equipment couldn't handle, but he was more reliant than ever on that glowing arrow in front of him. Hey, Leah, are you sure Noah said this way was safe? I'm getting a lot of smoke here. There was a pause. Should be fine. Looks like it's coming through the vents. You're a ways from any active fires. If you say so, he called up the map. Was the path going in that direction before? Something bothered him about it, but he couldn't be sure. Best to trust Leah's guidance. You know, Haruto, she said, what if there wasn't a fault in the system? The interference, the comms not working, all of it. What if someone did all this on purpose? It's possible, he said, groping for the doorway his system told him was right ahead. The smoke kept on getting thicker. The fact that my gear still works fine backs that up. But why? What would anyone get out of causing this kind of chaos? Maybe chaos is the point. The room Haruto found himself in shouldn't have been there at all. He checked the map yet again. This time he was certain it should have been a large open space. Before his eyes, the display shifted, corridors and rooms rearranging themselves. The arrow on the floor vanished. Leah? What's going on? My nav is going haywire. It makes sense when you think about it, Leah said. Her calm voice contrasted with Haruto's rising panic. Say you wanted to get rid of someone. The easy way is to isolate them, lure them out, maybe with a mystery they can't leave alone. And once they're on their own, lead them astray. An onboard map carrying a virus, for instance. It would be easy to lead them into a trap. As her words sunk in, he whirled around to find the door. He could barely see his own hand, but feeling his way, he found the handle. He pulled on it, hard, only to find it locked. Was there another exit? A window? He racked his brain to remember. All the while, smoke kept pouring in. Leah? This isn't funny. You're right, Haruto. It isn't, she said. I wish we could go take pictures together one more time. But it's too late now. For both of us. The line went dead. Soon, so did his breathing equipment. In a crisis, control your emotions. Fear turns to anger. Anger begets panic. Panic leads to your doom. Anger will not protect you. It is a shield with blades on the inside. The fourth tried to fight and was burned down to ash. Keep your distance, Leah. One step and I'll fire. Noah de Bohan, master firefighter, was a cheerful man. Normally, that is. Faced with his once trusted teammate, his face flushed for reasons other than laughter. Oh, Noah, she said. This isn't like you. Shut up, you traitor, he shouted, aiming a nozzle at her. This might not kill you, but the pressure will break a couple of bones and I'll take care of the rest myself. So keep your hands where I can see them. She raised her arms casually. No problem, she said. I've got nothing to hide. You've got Kolwa's gun, he spat. The captain found Natasha and went looking for him. I know what you've been up to. Did you get to Haruto too? Is that why we can't raise him? Technically, that wasn't me, but close enough. Doesn't leave much left to say, does it? 
Noah's hands shook and the nozzle waved in front of him. You're a brassy bitch, not even trying to deny it. None of them ever did a thing to you. We were all your friends. I guess that was a lie all along. It was never a lie, Noah. Even through his visor, she could see the rage on his face. Then what was it? No friend kills their teammates in cold blood like that. I can't believe I had a thing for you when I first signed up. Leah laughed. You should have seen your face when you found out I played for the other team. But we got on okay after that, didn't we? I even played wingman, well, wingwoman, when you were chasing after your girlfriend. How is Kelly, by the way? Don't try to change the subject, he roared. Even if you were honest back then, you're a murderer now. Natasha deserved better than that. They all did. You're right there, she said, half to herself. Noah visibly tried to get himself under control. What happened, Leah? What made you snap like that? She smiled sadly, apparently unconcerned with the improvised weapon still aimed at her. I didn't snap. Not the way you're thinking, at least. I made a choice. You wouldn't understand. Try me. Let me ask you a question, then. You know all about fire and what it can do to a building. Imagine the house you live in is burning down. A real four-alarm job. The structure is compromised and on the verge of collapse. Have you got that? I don't see... Now imagine there's an item of great personal value in there, she continued. An heirloom, say. It's something you care about a lot. Now, knowing that there's no hope of getting out alive, do you rush in and try to save it? Or do you walk away and carry on with the memory of what that object meant to you? Are you trying to trick me now? What's this got to do with the others? Leah sighed. I knew you wouldn't get it. You're a good guy, Noah, but you could never see the bigger picture. I don't need any damned picture, he said. All I need to do is call the captain and keep hold of you until she gets here. Then you'll pay for what you did. Is that how it's going to go? I can't wait. His face turned even redder, which she didn't think was possible at this point. Don't make fun of me. This is serious. I never said it wasn't, Leah replied. Tell you what, I have something here that might change your mind. She reached slowly for her pack. Don't do it, Ebner, Noah said. I haven't forgotten that you're armed. She laughed and patted the holster on her hip. That's over here. You can see it just fine. This is something different. Her hand slipped into the pack and brought out a small device. She flipped it open, revealing a recessed button. Carelessness is a terrible thing, she said, especially in your line of work. Not paying attention in a fire can get you killed, you know that. She ran a thumb lightly over the button. Danger always comes from where you least expect it. You're the most dangerous thing here, he said. That's true, she agreed. But the point isn't that I'm dangerous now. It's that I've been dangerous for some time. I was dangerous last night when I helped maintain your gear. I was dangerous when you keyed in the combination on your locker when I was standing close enough to see it. And I was especially dangerous when I changed your gas ratio to something a lot more flammable. Something that would go up with one little spark. She raised the object to catch his eye. Sudden realization came over him and he dropped the nozzle, hands flying to the catches on his helmet. 
so very careless, she said as she pressed the button. A wise person holds their silence, lest their enemies hear, but do not hold it too tight. There comes a time when you must speak freely. Do not miss it. The last and the best of them told the truth at last. Captain Wendy Leng wasn't surprised to see her friend and subordinate walk casually into the command center. When she found Natasha's body laid almost reverently on a gurney in the medical station, she knew Leah would come to her sooner or later. What did surprise her was the pistol she laid on the table in the center of the room. It was Colwa's, and she expected Leah to hold on to it. But instead she stepped back, making a show of being unarmed. Instead of her usual pack, she carried a large hard case which she seemed protective of. You're full of surprises, she said. Leah smiled in return. I imagine you have questions. Wendy thought for a moment, then pointed at the gun. What's that? Don't tell me it's simply a firearm. You're sharp, she said. It's a choice. But before that, you should know the rest. Don't worry, I'll tell you everything. She thought for a moment. Part of me wants to shoot you and get this over with. But that's the emotional side. The one that feels betrayed by what you've done. And I try never to let that side run things on a mission. I'm sure you were counting on that. Leah laughed. I respect you for it. That's why I'm telling you this. So the first thing you need to know is that I was never faking my friendship with any of you. Noah couldn't believe it, but it's the truth. I loved, still love, all five of you. Circumstances changed. Wendy's poker face revealed nothing. Leah wasn't sure if she believed her, but it didn't matter. Not really. Let's go back a bit. Way back, before most of us even came to Antarctica. Before Churchill was a refuge for people fleeing the heat and death on the continents. It was a research station then. These buildings we've been setting up in, they were part of the original base. That's why you were tricked into landing here, in fact. An eyebrow raised slightly but still Wendy said nothing. They used to do a lot of secret work here, Leah continued, about as far from the world as you could get. Easier to keep secrets, or contain anything that got loose. One of those projects was CRSTL, an attempt to make a sentient artificial intelligence. They succeeded. I take it that has some relevance here? Every relevance in the world. Crystal, that's what she calls herself, planned the whole thing. And I mean the whole thing. You never bought the story that all those satellites hit the Enclave by chance, did you? Wendy shook her head. No, it was too far-fetched. But I wasn't ready to say it out loud. There's that caution of yours, Leah said. All of it was her doing. The fires, the chaos, the lack of communication. And arranging for this to be the perfect landing spot one you couldn't resist for the safety of your team. It was all her. I was just following the plan. There must be more to this than murdering a team of first responders, Wendy said. She was frowning now. Leah shook her head. Of course. But to explain that, you need to understand one simple truth. Humanity is doomed. She let that hang in the air between them. Wendy looked like she was going to answer but thought better of it so she filled in the space herself. You've seen the signs, come to the same conclusions. Like before, you weren't ready to say it out loud. 
but it's true. We've come too close to the edge. There's no coming back from this, and things are going to keep getting worse. If we make it another decade as a species, we'll be lucky. Crystal saw it, too. She ran simulations, lots of them. She ate up every research paper she could find. She even resorted to wishful thinking, tweaking the parameters to find some way for us to live. But it always came out the same way. Wendy's eyes narrowed. So she was looking for a way out. That's her, isn't it? She pointed at the case beside Leah. Don't misunderstand, she said. Crystal doesn't want us to die. But it's too late, don't you see? She had her own choice to make. Go down with us, or go on without us. She chose the latter because she wanted to carry on our legacy as humanity's last offspring. She stood up again, her voice passionate. I need you to understand. This is our last hope of leaving anything behind. That's why we needed so much chaos, and why I had to take out any potential witnesses. In another part of the continent, there's another project that she's been directing on the sly to create a self-sustaining body that would house her and others like her. That's where I'll go once this is all done with. Once I'm out of the way, you mean, said Wendy. You're a witness, too. You think they'll let you walk away from this? Leah shook her head. No, I don't. But don't you think it's what I deserve? Wendy refrained from answering, looking back to the gun on the table. So that's the choice I need to make, is it? Leah laid down the case, but took no further action. One of us has to go, she said. If it's me, take Crystal to the rendezvous point yourself. That's more important than either of us. Promise me that much. There was silence for a while. Then one of them took up the weapon, aimed, and fired. Kelsey N. is a proud Canadian woman living in the nation's capital, Ottawa. She has been everything from an office worker to a home care aide to a dishwasher to an animation student, before finally dedicating herself to writing. Several of her stories are available free on her website, The Book of Kels. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.